Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 28 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversation based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Lou Schwalbach, and alongside me, as always, is Chad Knight. Peace out. This week, we're going to start a new series, talking about something that basically everyone who has electricity can likely relate to. They're written to tell you what is about to happen or give some high-level backstory. If done correctly, they'll hook you in and let you know it's time to have your snack ready because it's just about to get going. We're talking about the off-underappreciated TV theme songs. Television themes for live action or cartoons can come in multiple varieties. They could be a piece of orchestrated music written just for the show, they could be a song specifically written for the show, or they can be a piece of music written for a motion picture that was adapted for a television show. In some rare cases, the theme is little more than a sound, such as CBS's 60 Minutes, which is just a stopwatch. This time we're going to focus on cartoons. Who doesn't like cartoons? Saturday mornings, man! There you go. Now, when thinking of cartoons and their theme songs, we're allowing both sung and orchestrated choices that pique our interest, most likely due to nostalgia reasons. The only limitation we'll be imposing is that the movie themes used for TV won't be allowed. So as awesome as Danny Elfman's 1989 Batman film score is, it wouldn't count for Batman the Animated Series. Same would ring true for the real Ghostbusters, Beetlejuice, or the Pink Panther, as those songs or themes were originally written for the big screen. So now it's time to get your footy pajamas on, grab a bowl of cereal, and plop yourself down Indian style while we get this show started. Okay, I never did Indian style. Seriously? Seriously. Oh, man, dude, that was like the easiest way to sit. No, no, the easiest way to sit is on the couch. Eh, no, it's, you gotta have the, it's just like playing Nintendo. It's the same experience. You gotta sit in front of the TV looking up. Instead of eye level at it, you gotta look up, get that crick in your neck. And you're good to go. Maybe that's the way you watch cartoons. That wasn't the way I... You know, actually, not Indian style. What I did more was I would bring my blanket out with me. Okay. Get your bowl of cereal, put it on the floor, and then lay out. I would lay down. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Then prop yourself on an elbow, eat your breakfast, and then when that was done, you could just grab a pillow or something to watch cartoons. <laughs> there you go. All right. So, but anyway, so I'm going to kick this baby off. All right, let's I, get her going. I'm going to kick this off with actually one that is not... A childhood memory. Okay. It was actually a memory of my children's childhood, Phineas and Ferb. Okay, yeah. So now that was a show that my girls watched when they were probably in that tweeny age, you know, that 10, 11, 12. Sure, sure. Kind of kind of thing. And uh, it was one of the few cartoons I could sit down and watch with them. Now, the theme song is a cartoon theme song. There's yeah. nothing, you know, overly awesome about it. But the show itself... Oh, it's hilarious. And and the one part of the theme song that everybody loves is, Mom, Phineas and Ferb are making a theme, or a opening, right, whatever right. it was. You know, and, and but it was it was one of those TV sh- or cartoons that I could sit and watch with my kids. Okay. It, it was, there was intelligence to it. Unlike a show like, they, they also like the show called Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I enjoyed Ed, Ed, and Eddie. It's stupid, but it's entertaining, but that's a whole different story. Or when they went through their phases of Barney the Purple Dinosaur or Dora the Explorer. Oh, God. You know, as a parent, you sit and you watch those with your kids because you want to be with your kids. Right, right. But the whole time you're thinking, this would be so much better if I was high. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and I had given that up by then. But Phineas and, 
Don't make air quotes. <laughs> We're not in Colorado. I'm not going to P-test you. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> but anyway, Phineas and Ferb, they had a really catchy theme song. It was, it was high tempo, high pace. You know, something that will grab a kid's attention and pull them in. And the show was really kind of cool. They had a platypus that was a secret agent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Perry the Platypus, and and the bad guy was Doctor Doofenshmirtz. Doofenshmirtz. Oh my God! And he was just this German—I don't know what he was. Kind of German, maybe. Yeah, and everything that wasn't innator. Yeah, like yeah. a Perry the Platypus killinator. Right. And and Perry was my favorite, probably my favorite character, just because he just clicked and growled a lot. Oh you yeah, yeah. kind of like me when my kids were little. I clicked and growled a lot. <laughs> So, I don't know, what do you think of the... I, I loved the show. It's I got introduced to it, and it was just, it was entertaining. It's something that, it has a little side story, and they all come together at the end with Perry being, you know, they, the kids don't know he's a secret agent, they just think he's a normal pet. Um, of course, because a platypus is a normal pl- pet. Well, yeah, I mean, why would you not? I mean, come on, you could have a dog, a cat, a fish, I would rather have a platypus. But in Only if they click and growl like that. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> no. I think we should let the people listen. Fair enough. As you can see, there's a whole lot of stuff to do before school starts this fall. Come on, Perry! So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all. So stick with us, cause Phineas and Ferb are gonna do it all. The theme song itself talks about how they only have so much for their summer vacation. That's why they're trying to get as much done, which, of course, we can't put the whole thing on. But it's pretty much... Like what you as a kid wanted. You wanted to spend every day of summer vacation doing something. What did we actually do? We sat on our ass. And watched cartoons. Exactly. No, it was a very entertaining show. I loved it. I really got into it. I'm glad that I did. And they did a lot of spinoffs. Like they did the they did a Marvel Phineas and Ferb. They did a Star Wars Phineas and Ferb, which are entertaining as well. Uh, I think they kind of forced it a little bit. But at the same time, it's still an entertaining show. Right. Now, when you were a kid... Were you one of these kids that slept till noon or one o'clock every day? No, or, not really. I, I wasn't I, either. I didn't get a choice. Well, I had the cho- Well, I didn't have a choice to sleep that late, but I could have slept later than I did. My dad was a shift worker. Okay. So he hated the weeks where he'd come home at five a.m. on a Saturday, and I would be up at five thirty watching cartoons. Oh yeah. Because I was, believe it or not, I was this hypergenic little, hypergenic, hyperactive little ball <laughs> of, you know insanity as a kid and uh i guess i kind of still am in in some ways but he would hate it because i'd get up i'd turn on the tv and you know a kid you got to crank as loud as you can you got your face right up in there because his kids apparently were deaf we thought we were (laughs) my dad used to install carpet so he would do um jobs away from home sometimes i mean i don't know how far he went i was a kid i didn't know didn't care but i mean like 12 plus hour days so saturdays and sundays were be quiet make your own food and i'll get up when i get up of course as he got older it was i'll get up at 5 30 in the morning which doesn't jive with me right right but i too remember getting up at the ass crack of dawn and of course all they had on was uh, channel 12, I think it was like uh, NBC, I think was the only channel that had on it was Bullwinkle at 5 o'clock in the morning. And, yeah. And we'll get into this later, but it just, it was still cartoons, but Bugs Bunny didn't start till later. Yeah, and Bugs Bunny was the pinnacle of cartoons. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and some of the other ones we'll, we'll talk about, but I don't think we actually talk about... Not in this one. Maybe no. we'll have to do a part well, two. Yeah, we might have to, but 
Anyway, what do you got for your first one? My first one, we're going to go with another. It's an older one as well. It's Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Now, Scooby-Doo had many different incarnations. They had, I want to say, at least three or four different theme songs, depending on if it was the mysteries, it was the team-ups, or whatever the case is. Yeah. It was composed by Ted Nichols and performed by Larry Marks. Um, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? often shortened just to Scooby-Doo because no kid wants to say the whole damn name. Started in CBS in 69 and stayed there for two seasons, where it moved to ABC for its final season in 1970. It ran for a total of 41 episodes on both networks and featured the same basic concept throughout. Four teenagers, Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Shaggy, and their cowardly Great Dane Scooby-Doo, solve mysteries most often by dealing with something supernatural. And more or seemingly. Seemingly supernatural. And of course, more often than not, it was foiled by those meddling kids. Yep, and Old Man Smithers went to jail again. There you go. Now let's take a quick listen. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We got some work to do now. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. Come on, Scooby-Doo, I see you. Pretending you've got a silver. You're not fooling me, cause I can't see the way once ending and realizing they had a property that they could pretty much print money and get easy viewership, they did all kinds of crazy things. Uh, they met up with guest celebrities such as Batman and Robin, the Harlem Globetrotters, the Three Stooges, and more recently, WWE superstars, and went on separate adventures like the Witch's Ghost and things like that. They had a bit of a huge misstep when it comes to Scrappy-Doo. And wasn't there, like, a cousin dopey or stupid or just some... some? Yeah, there was another one that he was, like, a he was like a redneck hillbilly guy. Right, right. And then they had, like, Blue Falcon and, like, the Robodog or Astromutt or whatever it was. And then, of course, they had, nobody cared for Scrappy-Doo. They had a pup named Scooby-Doo, which was silly. It was okay. But no matter what incarnation of Scooby-Doo you have, it was always entertaining family cartoon that anybody can watch. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I... I, I it was one of my favorites as a kid. Because I, I was never one for, like, horror shows and things like that. Okay. That was my fix of scary. Because there was a ghost. You know, there was this, there was that. My favorite episode from the original series was uh, Minor 49er. Okay. Which they revisited on several occasions, including the movies. Okay, yeah. With those those horrible, horrible incarnations of movies. But I just loved, I love Scooby-Doo. I love the theme song. Uh, I used to get in trouble a lot with that theme song because, you know, they would say, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And, of course, I'm a little kid. I'm like, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And my dad's like, shut the fuck up. I'm sleeping. <laughs> or else you'd answer just like you did, over here. Yeah. <laughs> Scooby-Doo is, is one of the classic uh, cartoons. I think everybody knows Scooby-Doo. Everybody has seen an episode of Scooby-Doo. Maybe oh, not yeah. the original, but, you know, one of the newer ones. In fact, they just did a new series I want to say five years ago or so, mm -hmm. that was set in a more modern age. Right. Same characters, plus a few others, such as Hot Dog Girl, or Hot Dog Water, that's what they called her. Okay. Because they picked her up, she became part of the group, but they, she started out, she was working at a at a haunted carnival, and she worked in the hot dog. I, and can, I can think of worse names, I guess. They, they would, they, this is how she got her name, it's because her dad was cheap, he would pump the used water from that they used in the hot dogs through her shower. So she smelled like hot dog water. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I think we need to move on to a new one because I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that one. All right. So up next, I'm going to go with one that I used to love because it was 
a Mountie, a girl, a, a girl in in need, and dare say a damsel in distress. We could say that. All right. And an evil villain with a handlebar mustache. It was Dudley Do Right. Oh yes. Now Dudley Do Right was a mounted Royal Canadian or mounted Royal Canadian police officer. Okay. Or better known as a Mountie. Right. And he was not the head of the class, shall we say. That's a nice political way of saying it. Yeah. And so he always was up against this uh, Snide Snively, I think his name was. Snidely Whiplash. Snidely Whiplash, thank you. And Do you remember and, the lady's name? No. All right, listeners, you can you can chime in, but I'm pretty sure it was Nell. Nell. Yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. But he used to ride his horse backwards. <laughs> Every episode, <laughs> Nell would end up tied to uh, some train tracks, yep. and uh, Snidely Whiplash would be laughing evilly, and somehow, he always came out on top. He was the good guy. He came out on top. Now, Dudley Do-Right started as a short during the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. Right, absolutely. And then, after a while, because they had such a good uh, response to him, he kind of got his own little 30-minute... I think it was actually two cartoons in thirty minutes or something like that. Like a variety hour type thing. Yeah, almost. yeah, okay, and yeah. it was it was it was fun. But the the song was that classic, you know, it was that 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 beat of you know good is on the way kind of thing. Almost reminds me of in 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 musical tones. It almost reminds me of the old uh, Mighty Mouse cartoon. A little bit. You know, it kind of has that same build up to that heroic moment and it makes me think of a little bit of um like the lone ranger how they use the william tell overture right it's very similar to that let's let's take a quick listen the first to admit that, as I mentioned before, all they had on on Channel 12, the J WJFW or whatever, was Rocky and Bullwinkle because I was up early. And it, I hated it. I really didn't like it, but I liked the Dudley Do-Right because it was funny. Right. Um, there was like the Aesop and Son, which was funny. They had like, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Oh, must have been wrong hat. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. All of those little segments. It was almost like a Saturday morning live cartoon version yeah, yeah if you really think about it because they just threw everything together and kind of decide with what worked didn't they have the guy and the dog who oh sherman and peabody yeah they would travel through time mm -hmm. they had that on there and and i mean we're kind of getting off line here but rocky and bullwinkle i always enjoyed and, and i loved the russians not natasha and boris we hunt moose and squirrel <laughs> <laughs> now did you know that well i'm sure you probably did that they made a rocky and bullwinkle movie <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, and they also made a Dudley Do-Right movie. I did not watch that. It was stupid, but if you like Dudley Do-Right, it's worth at least watching. Now, wasn't that a Brendan Fraser? It was indeed. Yeah. I don't remember who played Nell. It might have been Sarah Jessica Parker, or maybe she played the horse. I don't know. Interchangeable. Pretty much, yeah. All right, so what do you got next? All right, next we're going to go to one that I loved and to this day i still watch it and that was x-men fox had their 90s lineup this is kind of when they did a little bit of a revival of course it was before the x-men movie in the 2000s but 
X-Men came out on Fox Kids. It was composed by Ron Wasserman, most known for giving us the theme for the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, you know what? I know him better for X-Men. It was a Saturday morning cartoon that aired, again, on Fox Kids. It ran from Halloween of 92 through 1997 for five seasons and a total of 76 episodes. It did feature a mix of, here's my nerd cred coming out, a mix of blue and gold teams from the 90s X-Men, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Rogue, Storm, Wolverine, Beast, Gambit, Jubilee, and Professor X, fighting supervillains the likes of Magneto, Doctor Doom, Apocalypse, and the Juggernaut. They also dealt with some social issues such as divorce, the AIDS epidemic, and the Holocaust. It was X-Men, and that's all I cared about. Uh, I was glued to the TV in the 90s for this cartoon, and the theme music just really did it for me, making me really wait for the next episode. I've heard rock versions of this, and I like that. I still like the original. Let's just take a quick jump, listen to it. I even collected the comics of the animated series. They had a comic of the animated series? They did. In fact, it ran in the entire same way as the actual animation one. I think I have them on DVD now because I still go back and watch them. They're hilariously bad for continuity sometimes <laughs> because, like, certain characters change color or they talk about something that they haven't talked about yet, but then they reference it. And So what – now, you said there was two teams, a gold and a blue team? In the comics, they're divided. It's not just one big X-Men team. They basically had a blue team and a gold team. Storm, I believe, led the gold team, and I think Cyclops led the blue team or vice versa. Okay. And it was kind of like, because you don't want to send everybody out at once in case something happens, and guess what? You're just Your whole team is gone. So they would always have one team doing one set of things and a different team doing the others, and the teams changed throughout the, the span of the comics. Okay. okay. So in the show, though, rather than try to... I don't know, try to try to differentiate for kids, because apparently kids are stupid. They just decided to put everybody together. Now, a little tip about this, if you remember watching the X-Men movies, either the second or the third one, you know how they have the black leather outfits. Right. If you notice the lines that come in on the outfit, they are either blue or gold. Good tip! I'll have to watch for that the next time I watch one of those movies. And on that nerd note, I'm going to pass it over to Chad for his next choice. That 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 is kind of nerdy, dude. But not in a bad way. I wear that I, nerd pride on my sleeves. I, I'm a big fan of the X-Men. I have really enjoyed the movie uh, adaptations. I used to read the Uncanny, Uncanny X-Men. Okay. That was my comic. I was never a big comic books guy, but that comic, I would actually spend my own allowance on. Nice. Every month when it came out. So, I mean, I was into it. I had a lot of them, but I don't remember the cartoon, to be honest with you. Huh. But 92, 92 was already getting to the point where I didn't watch a lot of cartoons anymore. I've kind of come back around since I've had kids. And I watch more cartoons now than I probably did as a kid. Because I was one of these jumpy kids. I mean, I'd watch cartoons for a while, but then it was like out the door. Just, you know. Well, this, and the nice part about the cartoons on Saturday mornings is they were done by noon. Yes. Because when noon hit, the U.S. Farm Report came on. Yes, and your parents went... It's lunchtime, and then they'd kick your ass outside till dark. Absolutely. Yep. So, all right. So, next up, I am going to go with probably the oldest one on my list, and that's Tom and Jerry. 
Nice. Tom and Jerry is just that classic cartoon. Everybody knows it. My parents watch Tom and Jerry. I've watched Tom and Jerry. My kids watch Tom and Jerry. Unfortunately, because of being politically correct now, they don't show Tom and Jerry anymore. They're neutered. Yeah. Because kids are not smart enough to realize that poking somebody in the eye with a hammer or poking somebody in the eye with a pair of scissors is going to hurt them. Or throwing a piece of dynamite down their throat and closing their mouth. Right. Let alone how the hell are the kids going to have dynamite? Right. It's 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 silly. It's that. I mean, Bugs Bunny, uh, Looney Tunes suffer from the same issue. It's it's sad. I still love watching all of those. Yeah, I do too. And I'm and Tom and Jerry is one of those. If I ever find it, like Tom and Jerry on DVD or CD or or DVD or you know uh, Blu-ray, I'd snap that up in a heartbeat because to me, that's iconic. Iconic cartoons. Well, here, listen to the just listen to the music, and then we'll talk more about it. Now, you had mentioned being on DVD. I've got them. Really? Absolutely. They had a couple different spotlight collections, I think they called it. Okay. But it does have the uncensored, unedited Tom and Jerry cartoons. And it's it's the feels and the hearts. It's like nostalgia on a disc right there. I may have to borrow that. All right. <laughs> I may definitely have to borrow But, you know, it was one of those things, that the cat and mouse chase, you know, the, the classic. And the mouse used the dog to chase the cat. And it was just, you know, spike the dog. Tom the cat, Tom cat, mm-hmm. Jerry the mouse. It was just, and they were in the, in, the thing I liked about it is at the end of every episode, something would happen though. They've been trying to kill each other the whole episode, but at the end of the episode, you know, they're like, Hey, we're not that different. And they were buddies. There was some form of closure. Right. You know, and they brought extra people on, which didn't suffer from the Scooby-Doo thing. Like Jerry had a French little dude that he came out to visit. Right. He also had like a country mouse. One of my favorite episodes is when they were musketeers. Yes. And the little, bonjour, Monsieur Pussycat. <laughs> you know, or they, they fall in the wine cask and they get completely loaded, which of course they won't show nowadays because it's wine. Right. You know, um, Spike the dog had a little puppy that was loud and, and, and obnoxious. obnoxious. Then the one that everybody shows with Tom being the smooth ass bitch that he is with the cigarette with the, with the girl cat. Remember he's yeah. like rolling Jerry up in a smoke and everything else. And they don't show that kind of stuff anymore. And honestly, we didn't go out and try to roll a mouse into a cigarette. No. We don't use hammers on people unless they deserve it. You know, it's we're not stupid. Right, right. And I don't think kids nowadays are any more stupid. It's just PC has gotten out of hand. And Agreed. It, and, it, and it makes our cartoons suffer. Absolutely. Because some mean, of the cartoons I watch now, that I see now, I shouldn't say I watch. Because if a cartoon, if I watch a cartoon and I go, this is retarded... I'm just done with it. I don't deal with, you know, trying to see it more. You know, and now there is a cartoon that has got my interest. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen an episode of it yet on Netflix. They've just released Castlevania. Oh, dude, it's totally worth it. Is it? I've watched the first one and it's, And I hear there's there's only four episodes at this point. And the second season has been announced. Okay. Four is a great start. I highly recommend it. The biggest thing, and this isn't going to be a spoiler because everybody who is interested in probably has read reviews already, they don't use any of the game music. I'm okay with that. But even you, the Castlevania is known for Dracula and the music. 
So it's great American animation. I think it's American at least. Okay. It's it's just a great series. I'm so gonna far. I'm gonna binge watch it this weekend. I think it's each episode's 25 minutes. Oh, that's not even gonna be hard. No, it's like watching sitting down to watch a movie. But the problem is with having that and being done with it. Now you're gonna be watching, looking at the calendar, going, "God damn it, hurry up! We need the next season." You mean like I'm doing with um, Glow? Uh, with Glow? Yeah. I'm also doing it with that 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 horror one. Um, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. We didn't finish the first season yet, so don't say anything. But, I won't because I have an episode left to watch too, and I'm okay. I'm, I'm holding on to it on purpose. But I saw the the new the trailer picture that they showed with like the the dark skies and everything else, and it's like October 27th, I think. Yeah, and it's I'm right at like, Halloween, I think. Yes, can't wait. But anyway, what do you got next? Next, we're gonna go to a song that actually has a name to it. What? I know, right? It's not just the show or whatever the case is. It's actually called the Dog Pound Hop for the Ren and Stimpy show. Now, Ren and Stimpy was... Stimpy, you <laughs> idiot! <laughs> or Powder Toast Man. Or the horse that's... No, sir, I don't like it. Ren and Stimpy was a Nickelodeon cartoon that lasted for five seasons for 52 episodes from 91 through 95. The cartoon itself featured Ren Hoek, an asthmatic, incredibly short-tempered chihuahua, and Stimpy, Stimson J. Cat, a well-meaning but idiotic cat. They go on adventures and scheme with each other, most often being at odds the entire time. It has very off-color humor and slapstick that, looking back, is very surprising it made it past the censors, like when they were rubber nipple salesmen. Yes. I remember seeing this one day, and just one episode completely drew me in, just for the off-color, off-beat, like the nerve-ending fairy. Like, I think it was uh, Ren lost all of his teeth, and the nerve-ending fairy, who came in and plucked all of his nerve endings out of his gums. Oh. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was just atrocious. But I fell in love with it. He now, was, do you know who do you know who created Ren and Stimpy? I don't know actually. Because I want to say it was Mike Judge, but I'm not a hundred percent. I don't think Judge did. Okay, because okay. he was like the king of the hill, the Beavis and Butthead. Right. But I don't think he had a hand in that one. We, you know, if you want to look it up, if you want to have people come in and, or write in and tell us, tell us that hey, yes it is, or hey, no it's not. You can settle a bet. But moving forward on this one, let's just take a quick lesson. Now, the characters and sound effects used were very perfect for the situation. They had little sideshows such as commercials, superheroes, etc., like Log. Who does not remember Log? True. You True. know, um, there's Gritty Kitty, which Stimpy had to write a, a jingle for one time. Of course, Powdered Toast Man, as we remember, we mentioned before. It was almost like a variety show. Um, a few people who were not allowed to watch the show, as folks got wind of it, because it was, quote-unquote, too adult. Nickelodeon uh, was great. I loved it. That was one of the main reasons I enjoyed that network. Yeah, and Ren and Stimpy, just as a little aside here, was uh, created by John Crickfalusi. Crickfalusi? Sure. I think it's, it's that's as close as I'm going to get. You can let me know if I'm wrong, but uh, so I was way off. I, I he did he also did Rocco's Modern Life. Okay, if you, you remember that show. Oh, absolutely. So um, then there was I think Courage the Cowardly Dog was another one that came out that had similar art style, but could not be. really could be. So, but no, this, this, I don't know. I can't say anything else about it. I enjoyed I loved it. Ren, I loved Ren and Stimpy. I used to have this t-shirt and I was dating Nikki at the time and she 
hated it. Of course she did. Because Ren had these big bloodshot eyes. You know, and Stimpy's, like, cowering in the corner. I mean, it was classic Ren and Stimpy. Of course. But she did not like it, so I had to watch when I wore it. Because if I wore it too often around here, she would say something. Or it might magically disappear. Well, no, this was before we were living together or married. I, I mean, we've been... That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if, if somebody doesn't like that outfit or that shirt or anything else that much, it could possibly disappear. True. All right, so... On that note, we're going to disappear from Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> and we're going to reappear in the future. Ooh. That's right. We're going to talk about the Jetsons. All right. Now, the Jetsons were one of those classic 60s cartoons. You know, it was the dad and the mom and the kids and the maid robot and the dog. You know, it was kind of a kind of a same formula as... Uh, like like a Scooby Doo or something. It's like married, or, married to children actually. Married the same with type children, of or even the Flintstones. It had yep. that same kind of you know. And Dad had to go off to work, and it was this horrible kind of trudging job. And but the boss you know, was a dick. Boss was a dick, and it was it was very much. Um, I believe it was done by the same people who did the uh, Flintstones. Mm-hmm. So the animation was very similar. Flintstones in space. A lot of people would say. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Now, I always loved the theme song. Go ahead and take a listen. But I loved it because, and I'm not sure which portion you uh, edited into this, but the portion I really loved is it told you all the characters' names. Meet yeah. George Jetson, mm-hmm. Jane, his wife, daughter Judy, his boy Elroy, and then uh, the only one I didn't tell you was the dog's name, and I can't think of it. Astro. Right. Astro. And then there was there was uh, Rosie the the robot. Yeah. I mean it was just it was just classic good natured, wholesome. family, wholesome cartoons. So, a couple trivia things about this. You probably already know. What was the name of the boss? I can't remember. I keep thinking Mr. Slate, but that's the Flintstones. Correct. It was Mr. Spacely, because he worked for Spacely Sprockets. Spacely Sprockets, right. And who did the voice? I, that I have no idea. Mel Blanc, the same guy who did the voice for Yosemite Sam and Porky Pig and Bugs Bunny and everything else. Okay. It was kind of a cross because Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers, they weren't really at odds because they didn't really compete per se. Right. But lending the voices back and forth didn't happen very often. Same with the artists. But Mr. Spacely having Mel Blanc's voice, especially when you hear him yell Jetson, you can totally tell who it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, Jane, get me off this crazy thing. <laughs> So yeah, you know, it was just it was it was again another one of those fun ones that I really enjoyed watching as a kid. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really translate to now. Uh, it's if I don't even know what year it's supposed to be set, and I don't even know if they mention it in the show. I don't know if they ever do or not. But if they mention something in the thousands, I'm going to be pissed that I don't have a flying car. I'm pissed about that every day. Every time I watch Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and 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 shoes that tie themselves. In my luck, I'd get the pair that shorts out, and it like slices my foot off because it tightens too much because <laughs> that would just be how it works for me all right man what do you got next all right next we're gonna go to something that we actually talked about before and that's the rocky and bullwinkle show okay now and as i mentioned before 
as a kid, I didn't like it because Rocky and Bullwinkle is more of an adult-type cartoon. The it's themes, a thinker for a kid. It is. I mean, the animation wasn't quite where, it, where like, Looney Tunes was. It was just not where I wanted to be. But it was all that was on, so I was forced to watch it. And, Dad, if you're listening, which I know you are, drop a TV down the stairs. Yeah, I'll tell you about that in a minute. Okay. Anywho, let's just take a quick listen to the song, and we'll go into that. Now, Rocky and Bullwinkle was a multi-segmented variety cartoon show that ran for 163 episodes in wow. five seasons. It started in it started on ABC in 1959. Then in 61, it moved to NBC until completion in 64. Rocky and Bullwinkle featured Rocket J, Rocky the Flying Squirrel, and Bullwinkle J Moose having the some, moose. The moose. Having some kind of adventure, oftentimes running up against spies Boris Badenov and Natasha Fatali. Other tunes that were included were, again, Fractured Fairy Tales, Aesop and Son, Mr. Know-It-All, The World of Commander McBrag, which I enjoyed as well, Peabody's Improbable History, and I even put notes on here saying my personal favorite, Dudley Do-Right of the Mounties. Aha. So, and, and I have to ask, what is it with so many characters having J as a middle name? Stimson J. Cat. Uh, Bullwinkle J. Moose. I think because it's a, it's a letter that people don't normally use in that in that situation, you know. I shouldn't say normally because there's like a lot of Johns and James, but it, it's a it's a letter that's a little off. You know, you don't think about J's a lot, right? So I think it just kind of captures your your memory and it might help you remember the character, possibly. But or it's just something that it just flows off the tongue. Yeah, like you know, Louis J which is actually my middle initial, <laughs> so bad example, I guess. But it just was entertaining. And again, too, it's Chad I, J, which is not my middle initial. Yeah, because then you'd have to go by CJ. And oh, I can't do that. No, not so much. You don't look like a CJ. No, don't feel like one either. <laughs> now, again, as I mentioned before, it was all it was on at 5 o'clock in the morning on Channel 12, but I watched it as an adult. I think it's funny as hell. A lot of things that are more adult, more thinkers. And it's just entertaining. Now the story I mentioned before. So, Mom and Dad had a 13-inch TV, which if you recall back in the day, TVs were heavy as hell. They decided to put the TV upstairs so that I could watch cartoons and not wake them up, which is a very legit thing to do. Yeah. And I don't remember how old I was, and you can confirm this with me, Dad, if you want or not. That's up to you. I decided it would be a great idea on Saturday morning to carry the TV down the stairs and hook up the cable myself. There were about 16 or 17 stairs. I made it two. And dropped it? At about 5.15 in the morning, Saturday morning, the TV bounced down the stairs. I don't remember if it broke. I seem to recall the only thing that really happened to it was one of the knobs came off. But well, needless... that's, that's good old American oh manufacturing. Yeah. Man. But needless to say, I wasn't able to watch cartoons for a while. And I think I got my ass beat because of it. But yeah. I, I deserved it. <laughs> So, yeah, that was that. That could be a bad memory for Rocky and Bullwinkle, but at the same time, it just makes me laugh. If you think about it. Yeah, I guess. So, what do you got next? All right, up next, we're gonna go old school again. We're gonna go with a sailor. Any ideas? 
Hmm. Why, well, Popeye, of course. Oh, but there you go. So, Popeye the Sailor Man was just, again... So, is this Popeye the Sailor, comma, man? Or is it Popeye the Sailor Man? They called him Popeye the Sailor Man. It's right there in the theme song. And if you're high, he's Popeye the Sailor Man. Yeah, I suppose he would be. <laughs> so, it was Popeye and uh, Bluto mm-hmm. was the bad guy. Or Brutus, depending on the episode. That's true, or Brutus. His girlfriend was Olive Oil. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> Very clever. You know, I... In the movie, now have you ever seen the movie with Robin Williams? The movie is awesome. It is. But they spell the last name O-Y-L. That's how it's supposed to be. Is it? Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, there was Wimpy, who was the hamburger man. Gladly pay you today, uh, Tuesday for, for a, hamburger a hamburger today. If he actually got all the hamburgers he asked for, there's no way he could pay you on Tuesday. No, no. <laughs> there we also had Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea the baby. Uh, uh, Pappy. Pappy was Popeye's dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a cast of colorful characters. And the witch and those mooky little things. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was a classic combination of characters that would come and go, but the, you always had either Bluto or Brutus. Mm-hmm. You always had Popeye, and you always had Olive Oil. And those three, through their hijinks, made for a fun show. The, the music, uh, I, I think the music is is fun in the fact that, you know, Popeye smoked a pipe. Mm-hmm. And the toot toot at the end came out of his pipe. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Let's, let's take a listen. I'm getting all excited just talking about this. Popeye is cool as hell, and I'm sorry, but it's he made one of the least tasty vegetables, 180, and be hugely sold. I I ate spinach because of Popeye. A lot of kids did. And, you know, spinach now, I'll eat spinach no problem, but at yeah. the time as a kid, spinach is like... Oh. It looks nasty as hell, yeah, especially yeah. if it's overcooked. Yeah, and it's like, uh, but then you see Popeye eating it through the pipe sometimes. Yeah, and he would get super ass strong, man. Oh, yeah, his arms are into battleships, and yeah, just knock shit over, and his 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 tattoos would like move. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Oh yeah, and then imagine your disappointment as a child when you eat spinach and tastes like shit, and you're just like, I don't feel any better. <laughs> And I don't have any tattoos. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just a great show. I, I really enjoyed Popeye. The the music is very passable for the time. Yeah. And fun. I mean, it doesn't really... T- I mean, you've got two different themes. You've got the one where it, it talks about Popeye. He's like, I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. You know, I didn't, you know, of course, we had the joke that I live in a garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> but they had the one where he announced himself, and then they had the instrumental one, which is the one that we did here. Okay. And... I, I like the instrumental one actually better. It doesn't tell you, but at the same time, you don't need an, a high-level overview because it's Popeye. Yeah, you already know what's going to happen. Popeye's going to get in trouble. Bluto's going to be beating the crap out of him. He's going to somehow find a can of spinach. Somehow he's going to open it. Somehow he's going to eat it. And then he's going to kick ass. That's all you need. That's pretty. That's the formula for every Popeye, and it works. Yep, absolutely. So what do you got up next? Next, we're going to go to something a little bit more recent, and that's going to be Inspector Gadget. Dun, 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 dun. 
Yep, yep. Uh, Inspector Gadget was composed by Shuki Levy of Saban Entertainment, which also had a hand in Power Rangers. Okay. Because Saban, Saban or Saban, however you pronounce that, he was like the Aaron Spelling of cartoons, okay. apparently. It was a cartoon put out by Deke Entertainment, D-I-C. It's put out by some dick, some Deke, I don't know, whatever. It ran for 86 episodes in two seasons between 82 and 86. The pilot was in 1982, but the series didn't officially start until 83. The premise of the show was pretty pretty much the same every time. The chief gave, gave Gadget a mission, which was usually foiling the plans of the nefarious Dr. Claw from Mad, which I looked up and found out came, st- stood for mean and dirty. Really? Yeah. Okay. Gadget, who was a bit slow, yeah, just he was kind of an idiot, would somehow bumble leading his niece Penny and her dog Brain to get involved. When it was all over, Gadget saves the day, and Dr. Claw is leaving one way or another, vowing revenge on Gadget. Right. Let's take a quick lesson. Now, the theme itself was inspired by... Edvard Grieg's movement in the Hall of the Mountain King, which is one of my favorite pieces of classical music. Okay. And I just remember watching Gadget a ton after school, and and it may not hold up today, but it's still hilarious to watch. It is. And they did a motion picture of it. They did. They did two. Oh, they did two. I know they did the one with uh, Broderick. Yep. Broderick was the first one. French Stewart was the second one, and it was terrible. I don't think I've seen the second one, but the the one with Broderick I thought was done very well. It was very true to the cartoon, as, as much as could do in real as life. As campy as you could get with live action. Right. and But the cartoon, I used to love the cartoon. I don't know who voiced uh, Gadget, but... Don Adams, the guy who did Get Smart. Really? Yes, it was actually him. Okay. Uh, and Get Smart was a cool-ass show, too. Yeah, it was. The old, the old Nick at Night. the 60s, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it was just, it was fun. You always knew that somehow Gadget would come through, even when it looked perilous like he never could in any way Mm -hmm. penny would always be safe and that was the smartest fucking dog ever oh no shit (laughs) you know and nobody ever got hurt like it's kind of it had like an a-team thing where nobody like a million bullets are fired things going all over the place but somehow everybody rolls away unscathed yep and just like any good sitcom everything wraps up in 15 minutes half hour however long the episode right yeah so what do you got next all right up next, I've got, well, I've got Fat Albert. Hey, 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 hey. All right. I, th- I think it was officially called, like, Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids or I, something like that. I think like you're that. right. Um, Fat Albert was a cartoon about a group of African-American kids led by Fat Albert, who was voiced by Bill Cosby. We're not going to talk about Bill Cosby's issues he's having today because it has nothing to do with it. But just so people out there realize, we do realize Bill Cosby's kind of a dirty scoundrel now. Or possibly is. We're not sure. But, you know, it's just his voice we're talking about. Yeah, and it was it was a great show. I kind of always been a heavy guy, so I really kind of... Always? Always. Uh, not when I met you. Well, that's because I had blood sugars out of control, and just... Trust me, I've always been kind of a heavy guy. But it was it was one of those things where I kind of really looked at Fat Albert, and I'm like... Well, if he's fat and can do it... And he's got a ton of friends that hang out with him all the time. And right. Then I can do this shit, too. 
You know, and, I mean, he had a great surrounding cast. I couldn't remember most of them, but my favorite one was always Mushmouth. Yep. Who was this kid that wore a hat that had eye holes in it. It looked like bubblegum was all over his face, but yeah. it was the hat. Yeah, and then okay. he would, he, he, blah, 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 blah. he never said anything, but they all understood him. Just like the, the Peanuts teacher. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of like talking to Zave. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, the, the music was just fun. It was, it was this upbeat kind of rip-roaring kind of fun thing, you know, and it was actually a show that had a lot of good message to it. Well, there was morals. Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the things that really um, kind of uh, drew me to it. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, take a listen to this, and then uh, we'll see what Lou has to say. Hey, 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 it's Bud Howard, and I'm going to sing a song for you. I dug Fat Albert. I think it was fun. The music itself, the way they kind of cut it, the way it goes at the beginning almost is like somebody walking. It's like almost bouncing. It's like right. boing, boing, boing. If you, I mean, if you listen, and I think to the if whole you thing, watch the cartoon, it is. It's Fat Albert kind of walking down the street, kind of streets. waddling down the street, right? Yeah. And of course, Bill Cosby was young as hell when he did this, and it was always it was even pre uh, Pudding Pop days, actually, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow, that's really old. Yeah, I know, right? But, I mean, it was one where you're exactly right. It had a great message. It has usually some kind of moral, like don't screw over your friends or, you know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. I mean, all the stuff that he might be accused of now. But, anyways, maybe you should watch his own show. But moving on from there, no, it was a really good show for, for families to watch. And they got into rumbles and they lived, they worked and played in a junkyard. So, I mean, not exactly something that kids nowadays would do or should do. Right. But at the same time, it's it's great cartoon. That'd be one where I can sit and watch today, and it may not hold up, but it's still entertaining. All right, man. What do you got next? Next, we have MASK. M-A-S-K, which was an acronym for Mobile Armored Strike Command with a K, just like Mortal Kombat, apparently. I don't think I've ever seen MASK. Oh, I bet you you might have. This one was basically, it was cars and trucks and motorcycles and things that would transform into different things. Not like robot transformers, but like, for example, the main vehicle was a door a car with gull wing doors that the bumper would come up and have jets on the back and it would become a flying car the motorcycle which was the first toy i ever got basically had a little thing that came up and it became a helicopter motorcycle yeah no i no memory of this now it was a cartoon series based on a line of action figures and vehicles which as we just determined it ran for 75 episodes in two seasons from 85 to 86 right in the middle of the toy wars of the 80s the premise was Mask was a task force headed up by Matt Tracker, whose missions were to defeat the evil plots of the criminal organization Venom, which stood for Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem, <laughs> who was led by Miles Mayhem, who his helicopter turned into a jet. Okay. Let's take a quick lesson. Now, 
Now, the show had two gimmicks. The first was that each person on the good or the bad guy team wore a different mask that had different name and special powers. Trackers, for example, was Spectrum that fired sonic shockwaves. There was another guy who had one that was called Stiletto. When he did it, it would fire these little uh, shards of whatever, like piercing shards. The other vehicle, or the other gimmick, was that the vehicles they all drove, as I mentioned before, turned into something else. The helicopter that turned into a jet. I never really got into G.I. Joe. I got in a mask. I didn't get He-Man. I got in a mask. So I actually still have a ton of these toys at home, which I don't care if they're worth anything. I would still play with them. They're still just fun. And I don't know. I like the secret part of it where it's like a hidden identity. But then, you know, and then he had a kid with a goofy little robot who would get involved. And then the adults would have to save him. And it's just like Inspector Gadget, except the kid didn't really help. He mm-hmm. kind of hindered things, but everybody was all hunky-dory at the end. Okay. I enjoyed the hell out of the show. In fact, this is one where I really, really want to get on DVD. Fair enough. Now, like I said, I can't say a whole lot about it. I'm not familiar with it. Even with you talking about it, it doesn't ring a bell. However, I did get into G.I. Joe, and I did get into, you know, like, He-Man and, and, and those shows. So maybe I just missed it. Maybe it was different channels. That could very well have been. You know, type thing. But um, anyway, my last one for this episode is... I don't know if it's my favorite or my second favorite. You didn't save the best for last? I No, it is my last one for today. That's what I'm saying. You didn't save your favorite for last? Well, my favorite's not on here because, well, it might be my favorite. I'm so torn. Well, keep but, in mind, we'll probably do a number two of these. Well, but it's torn between my last one and your last one. Oh, okay. That's fine. So, I don't know if this is one or two, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Heroes in a Half Shell. Turtle power. Absolutely. And pizza. You had these four teenage turtles. I mean, it was, it was, you could relate with them because we were all teenagers at the time. Yeah. Or almost teenagers. We love pizza. We love pizza. We, not with the crap that they put on them, though. Well, no, but we're not turtles <laughs> either. Fair enough. And, you know, throughout the years, all the different movie uh, movies they've done and everything, Turtles always call to me. Now, I've watched some of them, and some of them are like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But the original Turtles cartoon series, the song was was a total hook. It told you the high level of who the characters were? Right. You know, you had Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo, and... uh, Leonardo. Leonardo. All, you know, Renaissance painters. Right. Which actually got me... Because when I heard that they were named after... Painters, which is pretty much all they ever said in the in the shows. Right. I went to the old, you know, encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, that was before Wikipedia. Yeah, there was no Wikipedia, and I looked these up, and I went, oh, so we got Leonardo da Vinci, you know, we got Raphael, we've got all the different ones. And I'm like, this is just, this is kind of cool, you know. Who thought of that? Oh yeah. And you know, Master Splinter. And then you had Shredder, the bad guy in the Foot Clan. And Rocksteady and Bebop. And yep. Krang, the little bubblegum thing with arms. Now, my question always was, who thought of naming them the Foot Clan? I don't know. Because that just sounds like something that stinks. Ah. It just does. I mean, whatever you want to say about it, it just sounds it like it may, stinks. Maybe it was a play. I mean, this is a comic book thing. If you remember in Marvel Universe, there's the hand. Yeah. Maybe this is the foot as a play on the hand. That could be. It could also be a play off of some Japanese thing, too, that we don't understand. It could be. But anyway, I just love the song. It was, it was like you said, a high-level look at who the people were. Let's go ahead and take a listen to it. Teenage Mutant Ninja 
what, what can you really say? I mean, we can get into the movies if we want. I mean... We don't I, want... This is cartoons, man. Well, I know. I'm just saying. Um, we've got that. Um, if you, Here's a little piece of trivia for you. Shredder was voiced by Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince. No way. Look it up. Really? Yes. The, the dude who played Uncle Phil. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I can't either, but I know who you're talking about. He was the voice of Shredder. Look it up on YouTube. Listen to, listen to him talk and think of Fresh Prince. It's like, holy shit, there it is. No, I loved it. I know that it was a merchandising line heaven. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the anybody who had the turtle van or the blimp, those were the kids you wanted to hang out with. Yeah, I never had those. Oh, I didn't either. In fact, my cousins did. And they, I mean, and then you step on those little the little weapons that they had because, of course, they weren't like uh, metal. They were plastic. Right. <laughs> they were like brown plastic. So, I mean, like the bow staff, that worked. But the samurai swords... They were brown plastic. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. size were brown plastic. But, uh, no, yeah, it was a fun show. Enjoyed it to this day. Um, if you want to find something hilarious, I have to pull this up. On YouTube, they have Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, is what they call them overseas. Okay. Because they didn't use Ninja. There is a German-language version of the Ninja Turtle theme. Oh, boy. It sounds so guttural and so just raw. It is hilarious. You will laugh your ass off. I challenge anybody who's listening to this to go ahead and find this out here okay now the one question i had about this even even before we started talking about this favorite turtle oh god you know and i liked donatello okay i liked i mean because i was a smart kid or the hell it went but i was the one who got the grades i was the smart kid everything else a lot of people like mikey because he was kind of the surfer party dude and Raphael was kind of the whatever and then you had like cyclops slash leonardo who was the leader and who was like we need to save this it's like no we don't <laughs> how about you Raphael. okay hands down always what got me in the Raphael was the weapons the, the size. size okay they are just badass looking they're handheld tritons man yeah basically and um and and I kind of like uh, his he was kind of the brooder he was kind of the outcast he was kind of the the black sheep of the four and it's the theme song Leonardo or Raphael is cool but crude right and and that just uh, he always kind of spoke to me and that was always mine yeah, in the first movie which came out in the nineties um, Raphael was the same way they had him being like the brooding the you know whatever he lost a side but I'll get it back I'll get it back and. I actually stood in line at the Rogers. We were around the block is how busy that was when it came out. But yeah, turtles are awesome. All right, so wrap us up, man. I'm going to wrap it up with my all-time favorite, and that is Thundercats. Love Thundercats. Oh, my God. Thundercats, this is one where from I would purposely move home as fast as possible from school to not miss the opening theme for that song or for that show. It was just great. I loved it. It's I can't say too much about it. Thundercats was a series given to us by Rankin Bass, the same company who gave us all those Christmas animated ones like Frosty, The Year Without Santa Claus, and Rudolph. The show finished in 83. It wasn't released in 85, where it ran for 130 episodes for four seasons until 1989. The show centered around the Thundercats, Lino, Panthro, Tigra, and Chitara, who were forced from their home planet and settled on Third Earth. They, along with their pet Snarf, who, snarf, that's snarf. all he could say, basically. Well, it's, yeah, it was kind of like Orko. It was just the comic relief. Yeah. Fought the evil mutants who were answered to the almighty powerful Mumra. Mumra. The ever-living. Yes. Yep. Let's take a quick intro on this one. Thunder. 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 Thundercats. Oh! 
This show had a great intro that pulled you in more so than anything else, and while it wasn't as popular as maybe He-Man, it was more fun to watch in my opinion. After School was this, and then He-Man back-to-back. I mean, or, I'm sorry, G.I. Joe back-to-back. Okay, yeah. I mean, that was, I mean, the house could be on fire, and as long as I didn't miss Thundercats or G.I. Joe, it was a great day. <laughs> no, it's, I, to this day, even just listening to this theme, when I went and did this, I'm just like, the hair in my arms kind of stood up, and like, I need to go back and watch Thundercats. About five years ago, I went to a convention. Okay. And over the weekend, they showed the entire series. Nice. So every time I had a down moment, you were watching. I was TV. watching Thundercats. That's man. awesome. It was amazing. I'd walk in, I'd be like, I remember this one. Oh my god, I remember this one. And who did not want a sort of omens that when you and who didn't try doing the Thundercats three times? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing out in the backyard. I actually had a sort of omens, but you had to pull it out. Okay. Yeah. But it was still kind of, I mean, as a kid, it was cool. Oh, hell yeah. And this is another one where the, during the toy 80, toy wars of the 80s, the merchandising, Oh, if you had that friend who had like the, the lion, uh, what's it called? The Like the lion's lair or the lion's den or whatever. It was just the coolest little stand-up set. It's like, oh my God, that is badass. <laughs> All right, guys. We, we're going to wrap this one up. It's been a long one again, but uh, we're kind of sorry about that, but we're kind of not. So anyway, if you want to reach out to us and let us know what you think of this episode or any of the other episodes we've done up to this point, there's a couple easy ways to do that. One, you can reach out to us on email at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're more into the social media thing, you can find us on Facebook at POI Network or at Musically Challenge Podcast. Either way, we look forward to hearing from you, and we thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Later. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.